Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. It may not be on the front lines of medicine or research in the race to find a cure or vaccine for coronavirus, but the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has made several moves to help those who are. For an update, we turn to the USPTO director, Andre Yanku. Mr. Yanku, good to have you back. Great to be with you, Tom. Thanks for having me. And I guess a lot of this stems from the fact that pretty early on, that you decided or declared that the uh, COVID-19 threat constitutes an extraordinary situation under patent law. Tell us more about that, and then what are some of the moves that you made in procedure to fulfill that? Sure. As you uh, will probably recall, earlier this year, the uh, Congress, uh, U.S. Congress passed the CARES Act. The president signed into law um, uh, with a whole host of relief for Americans. Um, One part of the CARES Act gave discretion to the USPTO director to to take various actions if, in fact, uh, the director believes that uh, the pandemic uh, necessitates such action. And indeed, within two days of the passage uh, of the CARES Act, um, uh, the USPTO immediately uh, extended filing deadlines of a variety of uh, types of documents by 30 days, and we extended uh, the payment of fees uh, deadlines by uh, by 30 days, giving patent and trademark applicants, and particularly small businesses and independent inventors, a needed lifeline at that time to keep their important uh, invention from being abandoned due to missed deadlines or the like. Since then, uh, we have extended those deadlines several more times, uh, and there is still an extension in place right now for a, uh, for a subset of, of those deadlines. Because there is the electronic system to file papers that I guess was not available to those filing extension applications, only primary or the first-time applications, but now you have made the electronic system available to extensions that seems like a pretty big change. Well, um, you know, at the PTO, we have, um, for the past several years, we have uh, undertaken an effort to uh, to move more and more of our uh, filing systems online. And with the uh, with this pandemic, we have effectively finished the job, so to speak. Uh, you know, uh, as of earlier this year, in light of uh, the difficulty some of our applicants uh, uh, had with getting to the post office or uh, to our ma- to, to, to our drop boxes, uh, we've moved everything else uh, online. So uh, as of earlier this year, everything is online, including, by the way, uh, filings for plant patent applications. You might know that uh, there are there's such a thing as a plant patent. You know, in one way or another, those types of applications were the, uh, shall we say, the stragglers, the last ones uh, left uh, that had to be filed manually. Uh, now we are allowing those to be filed uh, electronically as well, as well as everything else. And did that take a lot of work on the IT staff to be able to expand those systems to the other formats, or was it something that you could probably do anyway? You know, it took some work, um, uh, and as I said, we're, we were in the process of, of going in that direction anyway. This just accelerated, and, and our IT folks really stepped up to the plate and uh, truly accelerated the remainder of, uh, of these filings 
uh, to come online. You know, the, our IT uh, staff has done an absolutely remarkable job uh, during this pandemic, not just making these changes that uh, we just spoke about in terms of electronic filing, but more importantly, and I know you'll get to this a bit later, Tom, I suspect, um, working with our 13,000 people who all of a sudden had to work full-time, uh, telework full-time from home. Uh, and and uh, they, they really uh, have done an amazing job making sure that our IT uh, infrastructure can withstand um, all the changes that we had to make rapidly during this pandemic. We're speaking with Andre Yanku, director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. I do want to get to that, but before we do, just one more question on the external world, and that is, has there been a spike or has there been an increase in or any kind of noticeable volume of patent applications related to the pandemic in some form, some new kind of respirator or some new pill? Well, uh, there have been um, a whole host of uh, patent applications filed that are related to the pandemic. Uh, and also, by the way, not just patent applications, but trademark applications uh, as well. One of the relief measures, by the way, that we have implemented uh, is to allow for expedited examination of both patents and trademarks that are related to COVID-19. So we know that a number of uh, folks have filed such applications through this special uh, expedited examination program. So that alone has been popular and again, all those filings, due to the way we set, set it up, have to be uh, related to COVID-19. So that required that ability to uh, expedite those particular classes of applications must have required some rejiggering of the workload and the schedule for the specific examiners, correct? Absolutely right. Uh, and, and the fact of the matter is, when we say that some application gets expedited, uh, what that really means on the ground is that it jumps to the head of the line. You know, it effectively skips ahead of, of others in queue, um, and the examiner has to pick it up uh, first. But we have put in place uh, the uh, required uh, IT infrastructure to flag those and allow the examiners uh, to see them uh, at the top of, uh, of their queue. And by the way, Tom, the uh, program is, in my view, uh, uh, fantastic. So for what we said on the patent side, for example, for small and micro entities, so that's small businesses, individual inventors, and, and those who qualify, if they file through this program, we at the PTO promise to get their application, uh, finish examination on their application within six months, uh, as long as they also do their part and submit what they need to submit timely. Uh, that is a significant um, increase in the speed of examination as compared to regular applications. USPTO has been working with some of the international colleagues, notably the Japan organization that is the equivalent of USPTO for Japan. Has there been an international cooperative type of effort related to pandemic? among the different patenting and trademarking organizations of other governments? Indeed, there has been. Uh, you, and and uh, since, uh, since the pandemic, I have been in regular touch uh, with uh, my colleagues at other IP offices around the world. You mentioned the JPO, the Japan Patent Office. 
we have a long-standing and very close collaboration with them. Uh, we've been in touch with them. I've been in touch with their head, for example, regularly during the pandemic. But beyond that as well, uh, the European Patent Office, likewise, and also the Korean Patent Office uh, in South Korea. In addition to all that, the World IP Organization, uh, WIPO, which is part of, uh, it's the IP agency within the UN system. WIPO has had uh, regular calls regarding the uh, how the various offices are handling the pandemic. So I and uh, others at the PTO participate in those calls as well. Um, the offices around the world have really stepped up uh, and uh, increased their co uh, collaboration uh, during these times. Just out of curiosity, does Russia have an IP office, and is that someone that we do? They have the same standards and kind of gestalt as as the ones you normally deal with. Russia does indeed have an IP office. Um, they uh, don't see as many uh, applications as uh, some of the bigger offices, uh, but they do indeed have an office, and they're part of uh, of, of WIPO and uh, the various treaties regarding IP around the world. You know, Tom, almost every country has an IP office of some sort, um, and including the smallest countries. Uh, having said all that, almost 90%, uh, not quite, but almost 90% of all IP rights in the world pass through five offices. We call them the IP five offices. That's the United States, Japan, Europe, China, and South Korea. Interesting. Well, let's talk about the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office workforce. And for many years, the patent examiners have been the poster children of teleworking. And this goes back before now. It goes back probably 15 years. Did that experience help in the rest of the USPTO staff that is not examiners that had to suddenly telework starting in sometime in March? It helped indeed. Um uh, so as you say, we have been at the forefront of the telework uh, system in the federal government for quite some time now. And prior to the pandemic, more than 50% of our workforce teleworked full-time. Uh, an additional 30-some percent of our workforce teleworked uh, at least one day a week. So almost all in all, almost 90%, something like 88% of our workforce teleworked at least one day a week, and this is prior to the pandemic. When we had to shut down um, uh, in March, um, what we had to do is move 100% of the workforce to uh, mandatory telework uh, full-time, uh, five days a week uh, full-time. And uh, our experience certainly helped. Having said that, uh, it wasn't easy for us either. Um, you know, um, our IT uh, infrastructure had to all of a sudden overnight handle something like 13,000 secure uh, VPN connections. VPN, by the way, is the, it, it, it's virtual private network. Uh, it's, it's the um, uh, underlying internet sure. connection uh, to our campus, to our campus every day. That was approximately a 75% increase of our daily average prior to the pandemic. And we did that overnight and seamlessly. Um, most important to us is our uh, 
stakeholders and our applicants that come before us uh, with their IP needs. And to them, our mandatory telework for the past several months has been virtually transparent. Folks cannot really tell that the examiner is working from home as opposed to their office. The one difference is that if they had to have if they have to have an interaction with our staff, they can at this time at least they can no longer do it in person physically. They have to do it by telephone or video conference. But that was largely the case. People were doing that anyway prior to the pandemic. So this uh, was a seamless transition, and it's worked out very well. The speed, the quality, and the efficiency of the examination uh, has been at least as good as uh, prior to the pandemic. We're speaking with Andre Yanku, director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And PTO has one of the more impressive office setups in Alexandria, beautiful, big atrium and so forth. Do you plan to have people come back eventually? We do have uh, we do have beautiful offices, and I remember fondly, Tom, our interview there uh, on the premises about uh, two years ago or so, I think. And it's too bad that right now it's virtually empty. We are now in Alexandria in, in what we call phase one. So we've moved from the gating phase to phase one. What this means is that while we're still encouraging everybody to telework, those who uh, need to come back for whatever reason, they can seek permission from their supervisors. And indeed, uh, most days I'm there in person now um, and several other folks. Uh, But still, it's pretty quiet. And we're still closed for the public. At least the house plants can get watered that are in the office, the office plants. <laughs> Absolutely. The only important uh, uh, office plant uh, is, uh, uh, is being watered and kept alive. But whether and when we uh, go to the next phase will depend on several factors, which includes the local conditions on the ground. So we're watching very carefully the uh, stage of reopening in Alexandria. Uh, We also have uh, our eye on the uh, federal government norms. But most importantly, uh, we uh, will do whatever is necessary to ensure the uh, safety of our employees. So we're looking at this uh, every day, and uh, we'll uh, we'll, uh, move to the next stage uh, when conditions allow. Andre Yanko is director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. As always, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Uh, as always, a pleasure. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. Target's new Red Card Reloadable saves you 5% every Target trip, in-store and online, and doesn't require a bank account or credit check to get approved. Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. Restrictions apply. 